0: Now it's True Wealth presented by Little John Financial Services. Here is David Little John with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. I like
1: to wait for the guitar riff part where dream, dream. hey, welcome to the True Wealth Show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Dave Little John, in studio with my, you know the usual the whiz kid right
2: yeah here i am
1: matt dixon okay but also special guest in studio this is where you have to tell everybody who you are Wiz
2: kid number two
1: yeah yeah Yeah. all right so so. welcome to the studio zach lush thanks for joining us today
0: thanks guys it's a a pleasure to be here man i'm fired up
1: right and and if you're wondering like why is zach here and the answer is like if somebody's going to grade your homework a little bit it's almost that is that is that fair? Is that it's not even that right?
0: It's, it's not even close. No, no.
1: <laughs> no, 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 it's not. No,
0: man, I'm trying to get you over the finish line so that I can I can move on with my life. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> you're just a roadblock. A oh, no, I know. In there. So, uh,
1: so Zach's a buddy of mine. We've been talking over the last year or so, and one of the things that we are trying to do with the True Wealth Program and also with Little John Financial is to develop more of our web presence, get that sort of stronger in general. And we've had a lot of folks, I mean, tons of clients and also tons of you as listeners that have uh, followed us on YouTube and have asked us to continue to develop more teaching content. And so uh, Zach is looking at some of that and how we can put that together. And he's also trying to help us figure out, you know, what makes our firm – different from everybody else right there's a lot of me too in the world there's a lot of uh you know there's a lot of places you can go for financial services I mean, they're everywhere i swear uh it's it's like you know fast food restaurants like everywhere you look oh there's another option right but what what makes us different and so he's he's been helping us to try to articulate that better so uh we'll probably uh talk about that some today just because we're all here but also, uh, I'm just going to get out of my system one time. All right. Congratulations to the Jayhawks. Okay. This is now as big as a Great a game. game. Now, this is hard for me because those of you know, I'm an alum of North Carolina. So watching them go down yesterday was really tough, especially after them having such a strong first half. It's like the magic just ended at the half and then uh, watched Kansas grind their way back, win by three great game, real classic. Uh, and so my my hat's off to the Jayhawks and also uh, regular or often guest on the program, Derek Simmons, who's an alum from Kansas, right? So mm. for him, it was a big deal, right? And so uh, I, I kind of wish we could have watched it together. I'm sure that it would have been interesting, but I had conflicts. I couldn't do it, if you believe that. So We didn't, but anyway, congrats Derek, Uh, rock chalk for you guys, and also to the Tar Heels, I will still say, uh, you know, well represented, and I don't know about the rest of you guys, I was totally okay with Coach K, Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, it would have been the story if Duke could have gone on to win it, and I'm like, hang on, his career ended at exactly 500 against Carolina. Oh, Which, did it? Yep. So 100 games, 50 50. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was 100 games. That's, and I'm like, that's pretty fair. I was like, that's awesome, actually, yeah. to have that rivalry play out and be a battle for your whole career. And so when you look at the the grand scheme of it, it what I love about it for the rivalry between Carolina and Duke is that it continues, yeah. right? Yeah. Nobody can say, well, under Coach K, he got the best of Carolina, right? It's like, no, it was
2: still a battle. But would you rather tie. <laughs> Like that, would you rather be the winner, the loser? I mean.
1: Well, no, I'm just saying, are you, from a Carolina perspective, I didn't want to be the loser. I oh, don't want okay. to be 49 you against are 51. You're like, oh, ah, yeah. we went down. It's like, all right, hey, you, you know, got all the way to the final four and in Cinderella fashion as an eight seed, took the momentum and, and managed to cross the that threshold. I'm like, hey, that's a good showing, right? Did I want the national championship? Of course, right? If you're a fan, of course, but whatever it was still an awesome season so totally hats off to the guys and yeah i'm trying to play it cool on the radio too i wanted them to win but say lot. you play I, ball
0: at unc didn't you
1: i didn't play ball i ran on the track team <laughs> okay. right so uh there's there's talent and then there was me right like uh i i i walked onto the team and i was good enough to they kept me around but uh you know they're there are such athletes at the D1 level that are just extraordinary. I count myself honored and privileged to, to have been amongst them. I don't know that I should, be, should have been, but for whatever reason, they let me stick around.
0: Who's faster, you or Matt?
1: Matt uh, right now. Are you kidding? I a desperate living. He's more than 10 years, years younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If can, we were to try to fall down the stairs faster than I can.
2: <laughs> I'd be afraid to race even now though. It's like you gotta start thinking about the hamstrings at this oh, age, yeah. right? It's like, always a hamstring.
1: Blow something out, right? Yep. It's something. Anyway, well, look, um, the obligatory stuff about the markets. Here's the thing I wanna say. Getting better.
2: Yeah? Right. Each
1: week for the last couple of weeks, we've right? been it's headed in the right direction. Getting better. Um, I think if we look back on it you know we had really december early january highs and then things got shaky and then with the uh, invasion in ukraine things really kind of got dicey we continue to see inflation be painful no way around that right yeah and here's the one that really stirs me is are we getting real accurate figures out of the government as far as inflation right now
2: i don't think we can say that with any type of certainty. Yeah,
1: yeah. and I think the answer is it depends, mm-hmm. right? Because we may not, well, I know we're not using the same methodology for calculating things as we did, say, back in the 80s. Right. right? So when, when we had runaway inflation in the 70s and 80s, we were using different calculations and different metrics. So it's uh, it's hard to say, but uh, I've heard it argued that if you were using the metrics we used to use, inflation's running closer to 15%. Uh, When I use my eyeballs and look at what things cost, that seems pretty close. (laughs) So uh, it's really crazy how much things have spiked in price. Uh, I think I told everybody, you know, last week I was was back after being on vacation, but, uh, you know, we went on, you know, touristy vacation to Blue Water and Islands, and it was not on U.S. soil, right? So, you know, code for we were in the Caribbean. It was Oregon was the same price. I expected to go somewhere and get tourist trapped and have it be really expensive. they shocked to come back and realize I could get cocktails in uh, the Caribbean cheaper than I can here.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
1: I know, right? You go, wait, what? <laughs> so anyway, hmm. inflation is a real deal. That's all I could say. But anyway, uh, I do like the fact that you know we're back to the S&P was down today. Right, S&P Dow and Nasdaq all down. So it was a risk-off day when we see that. You know, Nasdaq a little over two and a quarter percent. Dow about uh, 0.8, and then the S&P was down one and a, a little over one and a quarter. But the crazy thing, I mean, so that puts a word about forty-five twenty-five on the S&P. Mm-hmm. We started the year at about just around forty-eight hundred. Was the highs a little over?
2: Yeah, and we're coming off a pretty hot streak too. I mean, we had yeah, a, we've a had a couple
1: weeks of strong runs. Yeah, and. Uh, is it just me or I swear I mean the risk on risk off thing is still basically big tech if big tech's winning everybody's winning right if big tech's in trouble they're then we're, we're all in trouble-hmm so I've been I, I'm gonna just throw a theory out there for everybody my prediction you ready for this
2: oh man get yeah. out your pen and paper
1: I know my prediction is that somewhere in the next, it, it, probably 5 years or that we're going to see tech as a sector begin to get broken apart into different types of tech. Mm-hmm. We will no longer just call it the technology sector because it's so too, disproportion- broad of a term yeah, it's anymore. too broad. Yeah. And and so much of our economy in the United States now falls under that one sector's definition. Right? So you know you got real estate, you got consumer staples, you got consumer discretionary, you got t- uh, telecommunications and you know, different types of sectors in the marketplace. Healthcare is one, you know, and technology is just, you know, when it when it's going to represent more than half the economy. Well, how do you say half the economy is one sector of the index? Right. I, I think we're going to see t- tech broken apart, and people, will, how? And so, well, maybe it'll be like internet tech, and mm-hmm. then it will be tech hardware, and then it will be. Financial tech, yeah, Yeah. fintech, or what? So there's the different categories, and you know, a few folks will shrug and say, "Yeah, you mean like they do in the ETFs?" And I go, "Yes, that way, that's an exchange traded fund." If you're wondering what I just said, but yeah, I mean, I think you'll see more of that, but it will be, we'll, we'll fracture the sector into other pieces because it doesn't make sense to have that much categorically, that much of our GDP. Lumped into one mm-hmm. catch-all bucket,
0: right? So things like the metaverse, and like I'm following some of these disruptive technologies like AI and robotics, and mm-hmm. and but have you been? Do you guys have a VR headset? Have you been in the metaverse? I've, I've not, never tried you know, it. It's unreal. Like it's probably the, the one of the coolest. Th- I'm not into video games, but I am now into video games because we meet on the metaverse and seeing how they're you know Zuckerberg is putting all his money into meta um, there's obviously going to be a big play there
2: see this is what we miss when we're in Roseburg right David like we don't have
0: you don't don't have VR here Sure, we do we (laughs) we absolutely
1: do that's some so whole separate issue where I've not uh, engaged much in that because I just know my personality type and I love technology and toys and I think it would really capture my attention and so like I'm we w- we issues. could lose you to the metaverse is what <laughs> yes. you're saying.
2: Like we could potentially not get or we could back. hang out in the metaverse. Well,
1: there's some of that. I what I would love to see if I was you know king for a day, and I'm guessing they're moving this direction is the metaverse becomes a much more immersive experience for you. End up in two pathways, or maybe maybe if multiple, but a, a, f- a handful of primary pathways. One of them is. Just very experiential so you're either a gamer or you're going into a different kind of universe where the world isn't like the one we live in right and so that whole experience is for interacting in ways that the real real world doesn't allow you to interact so you Mm -hmm. want to go flying or you want to be in space or underwater or something that's a different world space right and then some of them uh i think we'll go the opposite direction which is how do we very very closely mimic the real world so that a virtual meeting is no longer held staring at your iPad screen, but rather I put on a headset and it feels as if I'm in a room with you. And it completely changes the use case for real estate in our future. For sure. Right, like virtual teams. That changes
2: airline flights. Like if you don't have to fly to be in a meeting in the room, and you can put on your your Yeah, I mean
1: travel is not going away because there are things that the virtual world cannot reproduce Without it getting really spooky, Matrix-like, right? And I don't want like a you know something plugged into my head. But what you look and see and feel. Like, how many of you guys saw Ready Player One? Yeah, I saw that. That's okay. Yeah. All right. No. Uh, actually, all right. So here's what here's what we'll do. Remind me of this because I'm looking at the clock. And I'm going, oh shoot! So we're running long. We better. We're gonna grab a break, and when we come back, I want to make this reference about like why VR is so relevant. But it's not the end all be all. But we got to take this break first. So stick around. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. And Zach Lush. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 939 FM and 1240 KQEN. Hey, gang. Welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. I'm your host, Dave Littlejohn. Joining me in studio today, the Wiz
0: Kid. I, you like that now. Yeah, you're go I'm going to coin it. I'm, I'm going to take take
1: be that. It's like, all right. And also, my good buddy,
0: Zach Lush. No call sign.
1: No calls? Yes. <laughs> Don't worry. we got. It's coming. Uh, reminder, if you're just tuning in and you want to get caught up, uh, grab the podcast. It'll ava- be available tomorrow at littlejohnfs.com. Just go under the Educate tab, and there's a pile of them there. Uh, or you can do the whole subscribe thing, right? Go to Amazon or Apple or wherever, and you can look up in iTunes and find the True Wealth Show, uh, hosted by Dave Littlejohn, and then uh, you can subscribe, and you're going to get notifications every time we post a new one. So at the break, we were talking about the metaverse. You started this, Zach, right? I'm all like, "Oh, let's talk markets," and you're like, "And then oh no, tech's getting rigged." And you're like, "Speaking of tech, check this out." And we've not talked about this on the program. We haven't, right? Like, like really. So this is kind of our first go at the metaverse. And you're telling me that you are interacting with family and friends, and this is a a, a relatively regular occurrence for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we're my my my. F- dad and my brother and i will meet on there once or twice a week and we'll golf we'll bowl we'll we'll throw darts man it's pretty cool because it's uh it's way different than just having a zoom call or a phone call but we're in there we're trash talking yeah. and how
2: do
1: you arm wrestle
0: <laughs> not we're not there yet well i'm curious <laughs> but,
2: about the darts like i can under i mean we've all played the Wii golf right like we've been there with the with the club we golf on steroids right yeah yeah but like how do you throw darts in the metaverse so you have a a handset, you just, okay.
0: Yeah, it's, it's literally mimicking your hand motion. But you, there's some some applications on there where you don't even need the controllers. As, How as accurate as, does it feel? Does it it, it mean... feels like you're in the real to the point where I've fallen down because I thought I was putting my hand on the ping pong table. Really I fell down. Yeah,
2: I got to try this now. We're gonna get one for the office. David. You need one for the office,
1: right? So, yeah. well, my my use case here was that I figure this is part of what. Changes commercial real estate a lot, and I'm, I I love to relate stuff back to the financial services industry. This is part of why we are talking to Zach in the first place. Is uh, I believe that the just the tools of communication today have really changed the interaction, and the because of COVID, the the way people interact with each other has. It's, it's. I'm not going to say it's evolved, matured, or. But I will say evolved. Like, like what's acceptable looks different now than it did, say, three years ago. Especially the virtual reactions where people real, the virtual interactions where going to somebody's office is fine, and people still want that face-to-face, real connection. But when you have that established, maintaining the connection through the convenience of technology is becoming more and more popular. Right. So we have clients that at times would prefer to simply give a phone call or have a Zoom meeting over come into the office because they travel a lot. And mm-hmm. so it's really easy for them. And I think the metaverse, I was telling you, my theory is that we're going to have two different places. One of them is experiential where the world can be whatever you want. And then another one is going to very, very accurately mimic the real world or places you would meet in the real world to facilitate teams and meetings and so forth without having the necessity of travel
2: so business is actually having a virtual space yeah like a
1: virtual conference room where people would go and meet in that conference space to to connect have you seen that already
0: yeah it's already doable yeah Yeah, it's
1: doable but but i'm saying the accuracy level will continue to increase to the point Uh. that it feels near seamless yeah
0: well and i still think until because we're still in the early adopter phase until we we carry it around in our pocket it's still Mm -hmm. not all that practical yet still a little bulky and yeah Yeah.
1: and because humans require physical space and we need to move to be healthy and so forth my suspicion is that we end up with three different layers right and this is me just kind of playing futurist that you have a layer that's real world right what we already know feel and touch right now Mm -hmm. then we have the equivalent of augmented reality which is what we're already seeing it in subtle ways right where you see it is sports events like the NFL puts a virtual line on the field and you like, well, there's the first down marker that's not on the field. It's on the screen. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but but imagine that we were all wearing a pair of glasses like Google initially tried to do with the mm-hmm. Google Glass theory right. where you're able to look through a lens and what that lens has. Will augment what you see. So, looking through a lens at a billboard, and the billboard is different for your eyes than for my eyes because the glass interprets that signal and changes it to customize to you. Yeah, yeah. So that's augmented reality, and then you have virtual reality, the environment that is fully a separate world. You put on a headset and interactive equipment, and it is if you are trans, you know, transmorfed somewhere else. Right now, I'm in a new world or a new place, and I'm experiencing it through. This interactive equipment. Which so, one are you guys more excited
2: for?
0: I think the AR all more, have their place. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say the same thing, but with with VR, I, I don't know how they are. If there's any monetiz- monetization models for that yet?
1: For VR? For
0: VR, like there's you don't see advertising on there yet. Not, um, yeah,
1: I mean that's this is the usual, right? First, it, it, the, so first you, know, you gotta get people hooked. Well, yeah, the and model you know, is the advertising hits. Yeah, th- this is the financial model and follow along in the google and facebook and everything else. You give it away first because mm-hmm. it remember if you don't pay for the product you are the product. Okay? So I mean same here you're not paying for the radio. Why? Because there's advertisers paying for you to listen to the program and they hope the content's good enough that you'll stick around in between and listen to those ads and then patronize those organizations. So if we talk about virtual reality you got to get enough people adopting it that it makes sense and these early adopters are running out and buying real estate and so forth and i shrug my shoulders on that one because i'm like real estate well that that implies that there's one standardized place that everybody goes but my sense is that the the real frontier is that anybody can start to create their own virtual spaces once you have the right protocols for it and so well, wh- why go to just the metaverse when you could go to the Daveverse or the Batverse or the verse, <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would be cool if they could do things like Ready Player One where they had the the, the treadmill that went multiple directions. Then you could feel where you're at. Mm-hmm. So that, that would kind of bring in that. This is a movie. Really- if,
1: if you haven't seen it, it's great if you like sort of early... So, so '80s and early '90s nostalgia. Steven Spielberg, right? It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. and Ready Player One. Without giving much away, the premise is that uh, there is a, a equivalent of a metaverse, the Oasis, right? It's called the Oasis, and there are the owner of the Oasis is passing on the torch and the way they do it is through an interactive video game and people have to find clues and solve the puzzles. And they're embedded in all kinds of places in history and classic video games. So everything from Donkey Kong to Back to the Future get referenced. And it's a ton of fun if you love nostalgia, but the the premise of it is exciting, right? It's, It's pretty cool and the concept of the technology is really cool. And yeah, I think there's some plausibility to how it is implemented there.
0: There's actually I've noticed this when I'm in there's a Top Golf game or even the ping pong, but there's a little bit of a recalibration that has to happen when you take the headset off. Yeah, like because you're, you're so immersed and there's colors mm-hmm. and there's you're playing with people and then all of a sudden you're like, oh. I wonder if it could um, get someone motion sick. Like oh, it, definitely, yeah.
1: without question. Yeah. And um, th- this is the the larger concern is it could be pretty jarring for people, and uh, the the other concern is how does this impact especially with kids how does this impact our brain development? Oh boy. Right? I mean, we don't even know how screen time is gonna impact brain development. We know already that screen time has material impact on how we produce and process and respond to dopamine, right, which is uh, like a, a, a hormone that's the ple- one of your pleasure hormones, right? And so uh, every time that somebody gets a notification on their phone and they immediately check it, that's a dopamine response feedback loop that is addictive in nature.
0: Yeah, that right? actually brings. Have you read Stealing Focus? No. Oh, that's a great book. Uh, there's there's a Netflix documentary too. It was about Facebook and all, how these social media platforms are are creating this. You know, are getting us hooked with with the things. Oh yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely
1: and, addictive. Uh, I think I talked on on air about this probably two three years ago. I went through a really serious Facebook detox. I had gotten quite invested in it. It was on my phone, and it was pinging me all the time, and you know, it was to the point it was impacting my relationships with real people in the real world. And uh, I just so what I did was I took it off of my phone entirely, and that was that was a really hard deal because. I still wanted to go check it on the computer, and that became my vice. That was well; I got to get to it, so I would you know be on the computer, and then I used a tool in the Google Chrome browser called the Newsfeed Eradicator, which kills off the newsfeed so that all you can see is when you get notifications, Hmm. and that was helpful too because then I only saw the stuff that came from the people I wanted to see, and then I gradually you know the the desire for it was was able to sort of subside, but I had to physically like put a barrier between me and social media to to get my life back. Now, I'm so much less angry, (laughs) i was so (laughs) mad. That was how they knew to push my buttons was just piss him off and he'll keep responding. And it was always some dumb political thing going, I'm surrounded by stupid, what am I supposed to do? I can't let this go. And then now I'm like, you know what? The stupid will always be with us. It sucks, but it's true.
0: (laughs) You know what's so sad? I was in, in and out of airports all day yesterday every single person was on their phone, families, oh, right. kids like that. And that's what the the premise behind stealing focus was all about. And it's awesome journalism. Like I don't agree with all of his views, but he talks about how we're so addicted to our phones it doesn't necessarily have to be social media. But there's apps on there to tell you how many times you pick up your phone every day. And it's like 150 times hours and hours we're on our phones.
1: The, the magic I've discovered and, and more and more people are figuring this out that my response times to text has declined. Pretty bad. My response, yeah, you can tell, <laughs> right, you know. My response time to email also pretty bad. But my re-engagement in real, authentic, person-to-person relationships h- has recovered dramatically. Uh, I was listening to a comedy show, and so on, on satellite radio, there's you know you can there's a comedy channel i listen to and they do like little short clips every now and then and i remember a comedian saying i feel like the phone is this little used app on my phone that's just obnoxious and when somebody calls me it makes me mad and i thought wait a second your phone's not even supposed to be a phone anymore you know well that's exactly the point but it also smacked me that well no i want the real connection so i've taken a lot more to even we have some remote team members uh, I just jump sometimes the phone over, even the, the voice chat and stuff, because I'll get up and pace around and wear a headset so I can walk and talk. And uh, the whole office knows that's like my nerd thing. I'll like pace in the parking lot on the phone. But uh, Matt's over there smiling. He's like, Yep. And you're walking <laughs> okay. on that ledge. <laughs> I do. But anyway, it's I like the real. I think that virtual reality is fascinating, but it's also. I'm not going to call it terrifying, but I'm going to say it is enough to raise an eyebrow and I'm going, "Where is this going to go? Like like how's it going to impact us culturally?"
2: When yeah. are we going to bring the flip phones
1: back? No, we are. Yeah. Right? No, so but but it's a smart flip now. Have you seen this? The folding screen? Like oh, Samsung cool. has the Smart yeah. Flip. Yeah. I've seen Motor it. or no, it's Motorola brought back a a Smart Flip. I like it cuz it's easy to hang up. You're like, "All right, clamshell. We're done here."
0: I was trying to tell my kids how back in my day when I was on the internet, you had a, was something called dial up because my, my son constantly yeah. complains about lag, whatever that means in video games, but there's lag on our Wi Fi. So I guess it's not fast enough. I was like, man, you have no idea. I had to well, call I had a phone lag line. And
1: latency, right? Some of it's monitored, some of, and you get it with the, the different audio inputs too. Mm-hmm. And if you're playing high performance, any of that lag is like the difference between the, the person that doesn't have the lag has a competitive advantage over you.
0: That's what he that's what he, he imported. Yeah, he was yeah. getting killed in some Call of Duty game. Yeah, he's mm. like, I'm
1: always a step behind because I. You know. Yep. and And all right. So guess what? That is also totally relevant to money. Did you know that? And the stock market. It's true. Lag and latency.
2: Oh, you're going to make us
1: wait. I'm told. Well, it's the break we got to take. All right, ladies and So, those profit evil profit break. We will do that. When we come back, I'll tell you how does video game latency relate to the stock market? We're going to go full blown nerd. All right. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is David Littlejohn, Matt Dixon, Zach Lush. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 939FM and 1240 KQEX all right we be back from the break welcome back to the true wealth radio show dave Littlejohn in studio with the whiz kid he's uh, I'm i don't just, know if the we whole go with day that. david i'm he's, just gonna, gonna keep saying it,
2: that yeah and then tomorrow it's gonna go back to that kid you found on the street
0: so
1: let's roll with it all, all okay. right so the whiz kid matt yep. dixon also in the house zach lush all right zach lush marketing extraordinaire love it uh, we are covering ground, right? And so it was metaverse stuff, and then you you start talking about latency, right? Because presumably your kids going nuts gaming.
0: Wi-Fi wasn't wasn't is it fast enough at my house? Which I have no idea how. That's impossible because we can download movies instantly. So, he, but my yeah. Wi-Fi is not fast enough.
1: Is it your Wi-Fi or is it the equipment connecting everything?
0: Mm. That's a good question, David. I'm not sure. Right. Yeah.
1: So here's the reason this is relevant to investing. Ever heard of high-frequency trading? Yep. Yep. So this is one of these things. So high-frequency trading, by the way, um, there there's a special name for it where I'm from, cheating. Oh. Right? <laughs> I'm like, that's bull, because the rest of the world can't do it. Right? Basically what happens is you've got certain uh, financial firms that are super close to the physical stock exchanges and what they do is they place their computers as close as possible and they get as fast as possible machines as they can build and they watch the order flow of who's buying and selling and they front run the trades. Which so sounds that- illegal. Yeah, evidently it's not because they're still able to do it, but front running, at least for advisors, like, hey, Zach, if you said, I want to buy ABC stock, and I go, "Uh, okay, and you're like, and I'm going to buy a bunch of it, and I go, or like like if I knew Elon Musk was buying Twitter, like if he told me that, and I was his advisor, and I ran out bought Twitter for myself first, and then I bought a big order for Elon Musk, I am front running that trade trying to take advantage it's like like a surfer right let me get in front of the wave and take advantage of it or let me avoid the wave crashing on me too like let me get out of the stock early Um, you know if you're in congress we call it normal but for the rest (laughs) of us we call it cheating right (laughs) that's
2: exactly right
1: so anyway front-running drives me nuts but it's built on this idea that proximity and how close you are reduces the latency because imagine us on the west coast clicking and our order has to travel at the speed of light all the way across the country to get there so if somebody's only a block away they can travel at the speed of light and get ahead of us okay so we're talking about measuring in like microseconds well if yeah i mean what is that a thousandth of a second sure so like we're talking about one to seven thousandths of a second but their advantage.
2: computers are good enough
1: that's the—that's that they can actually the issue take advantage that of that
2: fraction of a second
1: and and so and you know that there's something fishy when some of these high frequency trading platforms have had no losing trading days ever <laughs> yeah. oh, they know so.
2: what's coming, they get out in front of it, and they make a move.
1: Right? And so that's the issue. Now, I have, ha- having personally done some day trading of futures in the past, I have watched what it looks like to see algorithmic trades go to work and pick apart small traders that don't have the same access to the market. I may have even experienced that pain before. Uh, and so it, it does, sh- it, it should change the way you interact if you're smart, because, Uh, You are at an information disadvantage at that point, and you're at a mechanical disadvantage. Mm -hmm. It's also why trading is so difficult, especially really, really high frequency trading. Uh, I'm not saying it's impossible. There are people that manage to do it. But I think that uh, if your, your premise is based on fractions of a second of price advantage, and you have to do thousands of transactions to turn it into dollars, so you know in and out in and out in and out a thousand times in the next one second that is not the way that i am going to be able to advantage our clients hmm. I, I, I touch, we just can't live in that world where i don't live a block from the stock exchange and i haven't spent tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars in real estate and computer equipment to be able to do that so if you have access to those markets Congratulations, you're probably a hedge fund or BlackRock or something. But for the rest of the real world, we will do things differently. It doesn't mean that there are not ways to be profitable in this marketplace. Uh, It does mean that the game, to a certain extent, is rigged in some ways. And so don't – I just say acknowledge your arena of combat. You can squawk about it, but don't go try to fight it because you're way outgunned. Hmm. Right? Way outgunned.
0: It you know was neat sitting with you guys today, David. it Was just talking about the relational versus transactional because I, f- I see this happening in the marketing space as well, where it's not just about gimmicks and high speed computers. It's really about community and relationships, and that was probably the biggest takeaway this morning talking yeah. to you guys is like how you've how you've doubled down on relationships and been more about uh, you know taking taking care of people and I guess being good stewards of their money. Yeah, uh, that, but that's I, not that's not normal. <laughs> I, it's well, you
1: you tell me that. Um, uh, evidently, I'm not normal because our, we, we, we have funny policy that I guess it's funny where when somebody comes into the office, my, it's really simple. Anybody that comes in to visit us, I feel like they should leave in a better spot than they've arrived, and so uh, we've now developed this reputation amongst the postal workers, and we're on a route where uh, we get a lot of substitutes. But I guess the reputation's gotten around because everybody knows if they come to our office. One, look, if you need a bathroom break, it's cool, right? You know, that's and, and also we know that if if you uh, if you want to grab some water out of the fridge or something like that, I'm just grateful to get the mail, man. So <laughs> like I'm like, hey, we can take care of you. You're taking care of us. It's a good trade, <laughs> but evidently that's unusual or something, because uh, you know I just feel like the people are what like who, who our business is useless without our customers like we do not exist without our clients so the, to me it's really obvious take care of them like the, the, i didn't know it was rocket science right but i'm like great if it is or if other people view their relationships with their customers as you know marks or just the the transaction i'm like boy if, if it's a transaction our business is going to starve Mm because our margins are so small. We will starve if it's transactional. It's got to be relationships built over a lifetime, and they got to stick around. Mm -hmm. I mean, so we have to continuously earn the right to do business with our customers, or we're not going to make it. So that's just, I think it's just our DNA and what we're about.
0: But you were talking about hygiene and how most everyone expects that. But I was talking to a client. And all I did was I called him on the phone. He's like, "Dude, you're the first marketing agency that's actually called me on the phone." Typically, I get a an email or I get a, a text message, but you took the time to make a phone call. So I I just thought that was normal, but to mm. hear what um, uh, Jan was saying this morning, really around your ability to, to you know just sit there and talk to her as a person, and 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 she's just not a it's not a she's not a bullseye, and you're helping you're you're showing up to to serve and to help.
1: Right. So this is kind of the it's not a dirty secret at all this is if there was a blessing in our business right it's that we have such awesome clients right now that the next client isn't what makes or breaks our business right so the next person that comes in the door in fact I I tell all of our all of our team right before we make a promise to another customer or future customer we first have to keep the promises we already made okay so Everybody that's already a client, that's our first priority because we already made the commitment. So the person that comes in next, we want to make sure it's the right fit for everybody because I don't want to fail on the promises we already made. So we're not going to make more promises until we are sure that we're aligned and that we can mm-hmm. still do that, right? But that puts us in this great position. If the person that comes in, I'm not looking at them like a paycheck. I'm looking at them like a, as a person saying... All right, how do we serve you and what do you need is this well aligned for what we do and when everything aligns well it's fantastic right? and if it doesn't align well we can say genuinely like hey you know what maybe we're not the best solution for you but here's some options and here's how we can get you into a better spot because remember everybody that walks you in the door should leave in a better spot than they walk through so that's just our philosophy but it takes the pressure away and it's no longer a sale for us it really is about Well, let's figure out how we fit together. And I hope that's how our clients experience it, right? I mean, that's what we want them to experience. I hope that's how our team experiences it, because I I mean, I joked with Matt today, like what quota, right? We, Mm -hmm. We don't have a sales quota. We just have a, are we taking care of our people and are they happy? If we do that really well, they'll talk in the community and we'll find more people. And then hopefully by doing good community service like this program, people will find us organically too. And then hopefully we have guys like Zach that turn around and say, "Well, how about if we help get you out into the community more, so people can learn about this and they can figure out if they're a fit and vice versa as well?" So there we go.
0: Why, why do you think companies like you, you were talking about the power of moments and peak experiences, and you, you shared that giraffe story with uh, Ritz Carlton, right? Like, how, but why don't more businesses go that extra mile? Like, if that's the differentiator, like, are we just, are, are most people just? oblivious to that's what the market is demanding, or is it too much work? Like what, in your opinion, especially in the financial industry, like why aren't they going the extra mile to really wow their their clientele?
1: It's a trick question because I don't know that they're not, right? I mean, I'm not a customer of another financial services firm because I'm a customer of our firm, right? I mean, I, I eat my own cooking. My sense is that Uh, The industry spends more time training on sales and getting people to the yes the first time than they do on Retaining people and keeping them happy and performing the services so what somebody walks in thinking they're getting Versus what they may end up getting aren't necessarily the same thing I mean yeah, they get the investments they get the statement and things kind of move about but I don't know if they're getting the, the relationship engagement and, and I'm not saying everybody becomes a best friend with their financial firm. That's not what I mean. But does the financial firm at least know you enough to know like, well how many kids do you have? And when are their birthdays? <laughs> or, you know, who are your you know, do they know your beneficiaries and why? Uh, some of those things that are do they really understand how much risk you're comfortable taking as an investor? I mean those are things that they're supposed to know, but do they? Like like how have you Engaged with them to get there. Uh, to me, I, you know, I, I just we just talk. We, you know, figure out and get to know our clients, and you, you learn the stories about their their backstory and what makes them tick. But that's how we can better engage with them is to really take the time to understand.
0: Hmm. Well, uh, you, you kept saying it, it's expected, but it's not. It's not the norm anymore. Jan, if Jan's more more the norm. from Her experience previous experiences weren't very good.
1: Yeah, and I'm. I guess I'm always real careful about this. And I'll just say this real quick because we're running long. Uh, I don't. I, you know, I don't know. I can't speak for other financial organizations. I can speak for other organizations generically. That I see a lot of them where they view the customer from a value perspective first, meaning how much profit can we make from this customer, and based on the margin, that's the level of service we're willing to apply. And while that matters in business, I mean, like we know our margins for our customers, that's not what leads for us. Like we're a people first firm. And then I figure if we take care of our people, the revenue takes care of itself as long as we run a good business. But if you put revenue first and people aren't in that equation, it's so easy to slide, it gets ugly fast, you know. And then we talk about like when airlines strand you in the middle of a flight, and I can tell you all kinds of horror stories about that and go lots of bad customer service experiences because the client is just the next paycheck and not a person. Hmm. So anyway, look, we're running long. We gotta grab a break here, but uh, thank you for that question, Zach, that was awesome. Uh, Stick around, there is more to come with true wealth this is david littlejohn matt dixon zach lush and you're listening to news radio 93.9 fm at 1240 kqen hey gang welcome back to the home stretch of the true wealth show just a handful of minutes left uh having a great time with the whiz kid yep that's right i'm here matt dixon and also zach lush all the way from well, where in florida specifically
0: Cocoa beach
2: florida Cocoa Beach. Anything that has it, the word beach after it sounds like a place I'd like okay. to visit.
1: So the next time we do the podcast from your place, what do you say? <laughs> Let's do it, man. I Damn love it. We go said excuse, like we you know field trip to Florida. I hear it's
0: sunny. Eighty-five degrees year-round. No, it's, it, it'll it'll drop down to the 70s, but for the most part, it's perfect. <laughs> I, I picked Zach up this morning, and he had a beanie on and all
1: these layers. And, <laughs> like, next time, just I'll bring you a parka, right? We're about the same size. I'll bring you a parka.
2: So yeah, that's got to be a little bit of a shock.
1: No, The shock was, sh- was going to lunch with you guys and me being the short one at 6'1". <laughs> oh yeah i didn't even think about that
0: no the shock was last night and i pulled into the airport eugene and there's no lyft drivers no uber drivers yeah and i was about to hitchhike and walk walk back to the hotel but yeah well I'm, I'm glad that your creativity solved that problem right so
1: anyway uh you know a couple of final thoughts for the day here is we've covered lots of ground right we've talked about the markets a little bit we've talked about the the metaverse right we talk about how technology is expanding and we may have to start getting a little bit more specific about the subtypes of technology and then how the world is changing and the use of real estate and human interactions are being expanded through things like virtual reality or augmented reality and Wear that in my head. And of course, there's going to be plenty of investment opportunities and probably plenty of pitfalls to be aware of as well in that space and ecosystem as it's being defined in front of us. And we talked a little bit about just the financial industry in general and the this trend. And so, Zach, here's my question to you. You mentioned that you seem to, that, that you're seeing almost a, a, a return to a different type of. I'm going to call it marketing, but that's a that's a broad sweep term because it's not sales. It's about companies trying to reconnect at a personal level with their customer as opposed to just the, you know, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's not the big sale hyperbolic claims anymore. It's really getting more person to person again. Am, Am I? On the, is that what Are you seeing that?
0: Absolutely, yeah. And, We're and seeing, where are you seeing it? Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm working with a couple of different clients. So there's an estate and succession planning uh, solicitor. There's a, a Medicare lady. And all they're doing is building communities and serving their communities. And they're showing up. They're engaging. They're answering questions. And it's become so much easier to market when we say, hey, we have a community or social aspect attached to this. Um, and I, it's it's gone f- so far away from the transactional. Like, Let's trick you with, you know, copywriting and, and uh, scarcity and urgency. Like that's people see through that nowadays. So I, I do see it becoming more relational.
1: Yeah, that's that's been my take as well. Uh, but it's interesting to see how that happens. I mean, technology is changing the interface, right? Yeah. I mean, can you be relational through a cell phone?
0: Absolutely. That's where the whole thing with the metaverse was, be, we're building community inside the metaverse. And it's, it's, it's actually bringing us closer together.
1: Yeah, hmm. That that to me is going to be a really fascinating one. I mean, I don't see the real world disappearing. You know, if, if you're out there thinking, oh, everybody's going to live in the metaverse. Mm, probably not. You still have to eat. But I, the way things are going to change is fascinating. I mean, I think business travel continues to change. Uh, you know, long distance relationships seem different you know it feels more like you're in the same space with somebody it's it's a really fascinating world yeah 100% um, well look <laughs> The music's playing. It's hard to believe it, but we are already out of time. Jeez, that went quick. I know today. it did. Well, look, Zach, thanks for making the journey and joining us. Yeah, now. I had a lot of
0: fun, guys. Appreciate
1: it. All right. A reminder to everybody out there. Matt, how do they reach us? 541-375-0898. All right. Also, if you need additional info, check out the website, littlejohnfs.com, or email at info at littlejohnfs.com. Until next time, this has been David Littlejohn. Matt Dixon. Zach Lush. We'll see you. program was paid for by Littlejohn Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.